Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you. If this is your, you know, I don't even know how many episodes we've done at this point, but if this is something that you listen to all the time, thank you as well. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listens and, and spreads the word and helps us grow the podcast every week because we're having a great time doing it and want to continue and, and uh, you know, bring in other people as well. So we appreciate everyone listening right now and who has in the past and, Today we have a, a, I'm going to say a doozy of an episode for you because we got a ton of stuff to talk about um, with the NHL specifically, and then we have some Celtics and NBA talk as well. The draft is currently going on as we speak, and we got a lot of ground to cover, so I, I guess uh, let's start with the Celtics and, and some NBA updates that we have right now because we we've been talking a lot about the Bruins since it seems like that has kind of been what's been going on the most. Um, but what do you got on the Celtics and basketball front? Well, at this point, it's it's not very Celtics, but it, there's a lot of basketball to talk. Um, the Celtics, okay. as we know, as part of the trade of Kemba Walker being sent to Oklahoma City for Al Horford in return, we also had to send our first-round pick for this year's draft, which was going to be 16th. Um that also went, and we got Moses Brown back. So you could say essentially our 16th round pick was uh, veteran Moses Brown, uh, which you know remains to be seen whether that's positive or or how positive or how negative that is. Um, since then, OKC. Uh, well, for, first of all, just a quick little um, recap of the draft. Uh, Cade Cunningham, as highly anticipated, did go first overall. Uh, Jalen Suggs went fifth. I thought that was going to be a higher name who might have creeped up the board. He's going to the Magic. That'll be interesting. Uh, to round out the top ten, we got Cade Cunningham to the Pistons. Rockets get Jalen Green. Cavaliers get Evan Mobley. Raptors get Scotty Barnes. Magic, as I mentioned, get Jalen Suggs. Thunder, who do make a draft pick here, and this is crucial to what I'm about to say. Uh, draft Josh, Josh Giddy. Warriors draft Jonathan Kaminga. Magic... Again, draft Franz Wagner. Shout out to Mo Wagner, who was a Celtic for like two months this year. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, Kings draft Davion Mitchell. And Pelicans draft Zaire Williams, who was reportedly traded to the Grizzlies as part of the trade that happened the other day, which was the Grizzlies and Pelicans swapping first-round picks as well as big men, uh, with the Grizzlies ending up with um, uh, Eric Bledsoe as well. Yes, Eric Bledsoe as well. Uh, so Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe are now Grizzlies, as well as the first-round picks for the season. Uh, Pelicans in return get uh, Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas and uh, the Sooner picks, which was 10th, which was ended up being Zaire Williams, as well as a couple other switches. Uh, what I want to point out with the 16th overall pick that we did trade for Moses Brown is that the Thunder have now flipped it for two future first-rounders from two separate teams that the team that traded them didn't even really care to get rid of. Sam Presti continues to be a guru and continues to accumulate first-round picks even as he's here to spend some of his many that he has through now in 2027. Um, That has happened. The other major thing that has happened in the NBA today is the... Lakers and Wizards have made a trade. Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Montrez Harrell, with, I believe, either cash or picks, 
is being sent to Washington for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, now a Laker. Lakers have a big three of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook now. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Big, 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 big move on draft night that honestly doesn't have much to do with the draft picks. I completely missed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I, when I was texting you before this, I wasn't saying details. I was saying the NBA is going off right now. That is, we have a brand new big three with former MVP, who I believe still has it in the tank. We have said on this in the past, we've said in the last few months, this is a pro Russell Westbrook podcast. My man is looking like he's up for a ring now. And I hate the Lakers. We still hate the Lakers. But congrats to Russell Westbrook, man. What a move. And I, I like that's still a bit of a youthful turn. Lakers get rid of, of uh, you know, a solid bench, but a problematic bench that really wasn't going to do the trick for them again going forward. Crazy, crazy, crazy big move. Again, Celtics really a blip on the radar outside of the Horford trade up until this point. We drafted 45th tonight in the second round. Uh, but the big news being Lakers, Wizards, massive trade. Westbrook now a Laker. Lakers looking big going into the next season. Yeah, that's that's kind of... Wow. It gives Giannis even more fuel to the, the oh, yeah. super team talk. Oh, man, yeah. It does. I mean, granted, this isn't like a signing, or I guess Westbrook did say he wanted out, and then which led everyone to believe, which we talked about last week with the whole Beal sweepstakes, that Beal was then in turn a surefire bet to be out. He apparently has come forward and said he he plans to stay in D.C. Very interesting turn of events there. That could just be for the rest of his contract, but surprising. It felt like a full-on blow-up. But it looks like Bill will be back in D.C. at least for next season. Damn. Yeah, so you weren't kidding when you said that the NBA was kind of going crazy. Yeah, at, man, at it wasn't moment. just the draft, man. We got a <laughs> we have a massive blockbuster, massive blockbuster. I don't care how anyone spends that. They you can't tell me that's a small trade. That's a that's a former MVP in the last three to four years who is now on the obviously not defending champions at this point, but the former defending championship roster crazy that's a big shakeup to the nba that's what you expect out of the offseason we don't usually see it on draft night especially in a trade that doesn't really involve draft picks crazy yeah and that in that uh you know not that lebron lebron's teams are typically favorites to win the championship regardless i mean just by or i shouldn't say win but at least make the finals um so that just solidifies that even more. I mean, that's just a whole nother weapon that they can add. And really, like you said, I mean, it's a big three. It's a, it's a new big three. So it sucks. It sucks if you're if you're not a Lakers fan. No, it does. But uh, even if you're not a uh, Lakers fan necessarily and you are a fan of the NBA, it is, an, it is somewhat of a balance, you know, because we talk about – Injuries led us to where we are now with the the Bucks championship and either of those teams being in maybe because of how jam-packed the schedule was because teams weren't at full strength. Maybe those guys would have got injured anyway. You know, the, you, the hypotheticals can go on and on. But hypotheticals aside, if everyone's healthy, this is a strong three against your Nets. I don't think it's better, 
but it's strong and it's very experienced and it's very talented. Um, right. So it's it's if you're an NBA fan and not really a fan of either of those teams, it is a bit more of a balance going forward. Uh, I don't like balance as as a means of you know more big threes and like lessening the field. I I do kind of like even though I hate the Bucks like what came of this year. Uh, I I liked going into last year when you know uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't choose to be a Laker, and he you know restored balance. There was these memes like uh, uh, you know making him as if he was Thanos, and were, was like he snapped his finger and restored <laughs> balance. I like a balanced NBA. I think we're kind of far from that now with what the Nets have been able to do with gaining traction and what some other teams have been able to do. I hate the Lakers more than anything. I, I I do like what this does. I I didn't want to give the Nets the next four years, and I think this is a worthy opponent. I don't know. I I don't want the Lakers to win either. I don't know. It's a weird situation, but I just I don't like when like even though I do like the Warriors, I don't like the super team when like when like I didn't like the Durant Warriors. I like the Warriors that could be unseated, but it was unlikely. So yeah, um, I do think there's an unseating threat and the West has a big power in house now. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the move. And I, and I think it's just going to put the pressure on, you know, a lot of the rest of the Western conference. I think the pressure is already on the Eastern conference for, they have to make moves. You have to compete with these top dogs. There's Vegas odd top dogs. And there's a reason they're basic Vegas odds. They're talented and they have a lot of good players. So, I think it's just going to heat ultimately heat up the off season for the NBA. This is a totally unexpected move. We've heard the rumblings, but this is one of those ones where you hear the rumblings and it never goes through. It went through. It went through early. I think it's a big kickoff to the off season. I'm interested to see what happens with the rest of the league. I don't know that the Celtics are going to be able to make that big big three push, but um, that's not to say that they can't be contenders next year. At the same time, I just don't think they're going to be able to get that big third name. So if you're a betting man, which I know that you are, unfortunately, do yeah. you do you put money on the fact that it's going to be Lakers and Nets in the finals next year? Um, <laughs> well, okay. Assume, assume take health out of the equation. Assume that both teams are healthy. Assume that every team in the NBA is healthy. Right. Um, right. On paper, do you think that those are the two teams that should be in the finals against one another? I do. Even if the Suns come back exact, exactly how they are. You're replacing Dennis Schroeder with um, Russell Westbrook. And I know you're going to tell me, like, well, they lost a lot of bench. They lost a reigning sixth man. They they lost Kuzma, who could show up some nights, not show up others. They lost KCP, and I'm sorry, you're never going to have me in the argument that that's a, that's a really hurtful loss. I don't, I don't believe that. I think they get two guys back to replace those other guys, minus, minus the Schroeder in the trade. And they still have Schroeder. Schroeder's now, I think, going to be able to come off the bench unless he's a free agent. Either way, people are going to want to play for this. What What have we seen throughout the NBA when these big three teams are, are formed? We have never seen a big three team be formed, and no one wants to go there. Yeah. They're going to get dudes. Like, their te- the roster is going to be better than last year. There's no argument about the trade. They've pulled the trigger, and they know that, and they pulled it this soon, whereas free agency hasn't even kicked off yet. And they already have this core three ready to go. That's a big step up front. That's a smart, smart, smart front office move. It's scary. And um, but yeah, I think 
with that and assuming that what we've seen, like history will prove true and what we've seen with these teams being able to stack up regardless. Yeah. I think those are the two odds on favorites. And also, like, yeah. that's also just <laughs> just to get a little heady and nerdy with gambling, betting finals uh, opponents, especially when it's two of them, is it's always a plus. So even if that's like plus three hundred, it's a good yeah, it's a good hundred dollars to waste or not waste or right. T- even ten dollars, you want to make thirty? Go ahead. It's low risk, high reward, even at its even at its purest. So. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a solid bet right now. But I think betting right <laughs> for really getting into the bam, uh, gambling side of this. I think betting right now is foolish because you got to see how the offseason unfolds. So but oh, r- but right now yeah. Andrew, yes. Uh, to answer your question, right now absolutely. This is the odds okay. on what we're looking at, what it's looking like. I mean, uh, we we all we all know that it always comes down to health anyway. Assuming that teams stay healthy and that they Absolutely. can stay hot at the right time, obviously that really is a huge factor. But um, you know, time will tell. It just it seems like that it's destined to be those two teams. Looking at it from where we stand today, which I know is far away from the finals. Of course, the season's not yeah. even here. I mean, shit, we're not, not even, even really halfway close. through the NBA draft yet. You know, right. But it just, just again, looking at the teams on paper as of today, it, it seems like that's what it should be. Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, you know, and I think the Suns are great, but they have a whole conversation to have about bringing Chris Paul back. There's also the whole conversation, which, which I akin to what we have with Brady every year. It's like, is he going to fall off a cliff? Is he yeah. is is his reliability going to fall off a cliff? And that's fine. Technically, in the NBA, we've seen people repurpose, but you're not going to go into this season expecting him to fall off a cliff. Yes, Chris Paul could play off the bench well, but if you're going in and he's your third guy and he's nothing but a 15-minute off the bench, even if he's averaging 10 points a game, that's a problem. You've put way too many eggs in a certain basket that doesn't exist. Same thing with Brady. It's like if Brady completely falls off, you're pretty screwed. Like your investment, like the Bucks. Who's the Bucks backup? I mean, I'm sure it's someone fine, but it's we not all know the that's not going to happen anyway. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know it would have to be injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So NBA is shaking up. I I think my my big prediction is that it's it's just going to speak to even more of a shakeup. I think that's how it's been. I think I'm literally. If I was a gambling man, there's any way to gamble on this, I'd throw ten bucks on this being the craziest NBA offseason we've had in the last five years. I would. I don't think there's a lot to argue with there. It's a tall Do it's you... a tall mountain. They they cannot like the Nets are far away. Like the Nets are far and away the best, and they just lost. So like you're gonna have those teams like the Bucks and everybody who are like, we don't need to Look what we just did, blah, blah, blah. No, you, you're going to get smacked in the mouth next year when these teams get to rest properly. Yeah. You're going to get smacked in the mouth next year when they don't put all these eggs in Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge's basket, who I still think they would have beat the Bucks if he didn't go down, even with all the other injuries. 
It's a guy who can drop 20 and 20 on any given night. Man, NBA is about to be tough and crazy. And someday, Andrew, and I'm not ready to have it, and I won't. I, maybe someday early in the next season we can have this conversation. But there's a serious conversation to be had about what the valid expectations are for this Celtics team with what they're up against in the league. Oh, yeah, I think that that's a conversation we absolutely need to have. But I think, like you said earlier, I mean, we're not even halfway through the draft yet. we got to see how this offseason goes yeah. and what the team might look like, at least getting closer to the season, even if we're not talking, you know, the first game of the year. I think if Brad Stevens makes us a contender this season, he jumped through hoops. That's a lot of work to be done. With how, And I'm just saying that with how, I'm not saying that with, I think Jalen Brown's incredible. I think Jason Tatum's incredible. I think both of them need to be on this team for the rest of their entire careers. And I do think that'll bring a title someday. But at the same time, you can't have that hypothetical without looking at what you're up against. And right now, they are up against some tall, tall, tall walls. It's, I mean, with the Lakers and the Bucks just pulled here's, it off. Here's my If, if here's Philly my gets a good trade that. for Ben Simmons... Philly's not bullshit Philly. Weirdly enough, Ben Simmons has like kind of kept us in it. It's weird, but it's true. They could do the right trade, and we're le- we're light years behind them. I'm hitting my shit now. My my thing here is is consistency. Yeah. I mean, because this Celtics team, as as it stands or as it stood in the last game of the season, you know, again, assuming that players are healthy, you know, they should have done better than they did it's just they're never they haven't they weren't consistent all season with I know we dealt with a lot of you know not really having our starters in there all at once we we had very rarely were we able to get them all in together I don't even know if it happened you know so um I think think it just comes down and I'm not getting six games I'm pretty sure it was right and it comes down to consistency with some of these key players like Tatum and he can't go he can't have a game where you know superstars don't have a game where they're just completely non-existent and he is a, su- a superstar he's just coming into his own that's the whole thing he's a superstar who has to deal win. with different rosters all the time now he has, now they're going to have to get used to a different coach i'm totally with you i'm also totally with like you the, that we don't know how far off we are because exactly, of what you mentioned exactly the expectation right. The expectation could be a lot higher, assuming everybody plays to their potential. But, you know, it's hard to assume that's going to happen, yeah. and it's hard to expect that from players all the time. And maybe this is going to seem Especially like, a young weak, guys. Uh, like a weak take on that. But I just think it's short-sighted. I, I, I think you're not, like, accurately depicting what you have to overcome if you're just looking at your roster and saying this team should win. You have to look right. at what you're up against. And that's not even boiling Absolutely. injuries into it. It's even at full health. Yes, if we get a solid center and we get a point guard who's good enough, these guys should be able to do it hypothetically. But look at what the Nets are. Look at what the Lakers just did. Look right. at what the Clippers should be. They it's, are like certified, like actual... uh superstar team certified and certified right. greatness team certified right numerous hall of famers on all of those teams yeah. i think the lakers and the nets very obviously have three hall of famers each maybe more 
There's an argument for Blake Griffin, in my opinion. I would put him in personally. I know that that butts heads with a lot of people. Regardless, and I know he's spent, and he's, it's not his prime as much as everyone else. That's still a very good player on your team. Yeah. And, and, and Russell Westbrook is still very good at basketball. That's why I brought up earlier on, we're a pro Russell Westbrook podcast. Because people seem to think that, and first of all, you and I are, are pro triple-double. That is just statistically very impressive. If you can average that for yeah. a season, there's no argument. I don't, I don't right. want to hear the stat-padding bullshit. Even if he's stat-padding, there's still actively a bunch of people that don't want him to pass that ball to that guy who makes that basket, don't want that guy to make that basket, and don't want him to get rebounds. It's ridiculous to think that that's not impressive. There's numerous Hall of Famers on teams. The Celtics have zero Hall of Famers on their team right now. They have two, I would think, would be, will be, could be for sure, but they don't have that solidified. There is solidified prime. Not to mention, look at what the Bucs just did. Those two dudes have been on the same team for eight years. We're not at eight years right now with Tatum and Brown. Right, right. If you want to have something to hold up against or like compare with, we're not there yet. So I just think you, I just, I think there's going to just, and like this is like a conversation I want to have with like 98.5 and all of its hardcore listeners. It's just like, we're good and we're, we, we should be better this season. Like, and we need to be and we need to improve, but we need to realistically look at what we're up against. And it is tough. And the whole league is way better than it was when Jordan was dominating the league. There's mu- there's more talent in the league. I think that's factual. And I think I'll yeah, go right. so far league as to wide, say yeah. there's, there's even more talent than when LeBron started. And even when LeBron was in Miami, this t- the, it is exponentially getting more talented, in my opinion. And I think hockey's doing the same thing. The like Sports are just spreading, and we're getting the cream of the crop, and there's going to be a lot of good talent all over the league. And that's not bad, but I think the way we've expected championships through history just is going to have to adapt with that. Well, I'm glad that you say that about sports kind of spreading amongst, I I guess, kids growing up and wanting to be these players and wanting to be in these leagues because I want to take a couple minutes, not get too far into it, but I want to get your thoughts on Team USA right now uh, because, you know, it's not really how everybody expected them to be in the Olympics. And, you know, you would think with the players that are on that team that they would have done better than they have so far or that they have, you know. I forgot that uh, this has been since we last recorded. Um, I woke up for that game, 5 a.m. here. Yeah. Um, Pretty pretty handled by the time I get it on. Uh, I, I get it on like a, in the into the second quarter. C- close game, but looks like USA is dropping the ball in any sense of keeping it close. And I watched this man by the name of Evan Fournier, <laughs> just absolutely rip the USA apart. And man, is that not high on my list of resigns? Oh my god! And we do we haven't been anti Evan, and I and I've even no. said I never liked him. Like I disliked him in 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 uh, Orlando. He is a, a a wonder. 
there was injuries and then but there was you... COVID. And I think that was an issue. I think he's worth a flyer. And I think he's worth a $20 million for two, three years flyer. I really do. You, you were saying re-sign him before the Olympics. You were saying that you liked his I game. I was. And, Thank and, you. Yes. On the Celtics. Yeah. So... So you were you were on that team before. My whole thing with this, I mean, my I think my kryptonite to these big major big threes, especially if one of them goes down, is just be deeper. Right. It's just be deep. I mean, that's and the only way to combat it. Deep. Have six guys that have six to seven guys, arguably seven guys who could start on, who could start in the NBA. Not necessarily start on every team. That's a ridiculous sentence. But who could start in the NBA? There's a team yeah. that they would be a starter on. You can get six to seven guys like that, and then two solid bench guys, two to three. You might have a kryptonite, you know, for for these stars. I mean, there's there's a certain amount that they just can't do, and they are like you just can't stop or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's a thing. This was weirdly this France USA game was weirdly heavy. Uh, Celtics because there was also a guy by the name of. As we may know him, the dancing bear, Gershon Yabusele, who dove out of bounds and made this miraculous save to tip to Fournier for the go-ahead bucket. Sure, they ended up smoking us at the end, but this was the turning point of the game. And he dove into like a bunch of chairs and saved the ball. It was crazy. I it was just like the like it was the old Celtics game. I just felt like I was checking in on my team. I thought Tatum looked good. I don't feel like he's as utilized as he could be, which is a sentence I didn't expect myself to say, believe it or not, <laughs> Celtics fans. Um, Dame is great. But, yeah, I don't know. This team is problematic. Obviously, we handled Iran. We're going to have to play Canada, I think. No, Czech Republic. Thankfully, it's not Canada. Because Canada, again, dude, it's these teams that just have a few NBA players. Right. Nigeria would beat them. I don't want to hear that was just a pre or like a pregame. Nigeria would beat this team the same way France did. They're beatable and they're very talented, and it's crazy that that was their first loss since two thousand and four. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a whole lot more to talk about for that. It was it, it's been pretty ugly so far, and they're gonna um, get through, but. Are they going to gold? Are they going to silver? Are they going to bronze? Are they going to metal? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, they are talented and they have the talent, but that doesn't mean it's going to gel. You got Keldon Johnson being, like, shining out as on a, as a star. You got KD getting in foul trouble. It's it's just weird and uncomfortable. It's, like, kind of uncomfortable. This team should be very good. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we ended up, to be honest with you, we ended up talking about basketball and potential Celtics stuff for a lot longer than I would have thought. You no, know, I knew tonight, I, so. I had a feeling I was going to catch you off guard with the Westbrook. Um, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't that, think I would stretch this thirty, and that's that's on me. But I think it was all worth it was all worth hearing. <laughs> no, it's great. But I'm what excited I think for the do, the next part. I, I've been this is the next part's what I'm looking forward to. It at least pertains to the city of Boston. So as opposed to us talking about all of the things that happened in uh, the NHL yesterday because we would need a probably three to four hour podcast. Right. I think that we will focus mainly, of course, on what the Bruins have done um, so far and what they still need to do in order to make this team into a 
a true, uh, uh, the, you know, they are a cup contender, of course, but a true favorite for winning the cup this year. Perfect. Um, there's a couple of guys on this on this nice list that we have that I'm curious to learn more about from you. There's a lot of guys that I know well and I'm very excited okay. about. Um, well, main, one in particular, but uh, right. So, realistically, what happened yesterday was that the Bruins signed five, you know, picked up five guys. Uh, it addressed a lot of issues, and they also let a couple guys walk and let a couple guys go to other teams, uh, specifically a big name being Sean Corrali. You know, a big fan of him over here. We, we like him a lot. He, Sean, he's done yeah. a lot of good you know, super fun to watch. He seemed like a super cool guy to have on the bench and all that. Never a so, guy we advocated to get off the fourth line. Always a guy we loved in there. Right. And now he's on his way to Columbus where he is from. Uh, so good for him for getting that. He got a four-year deal, I think, for I forget exactly how much. But, you know, good for him for getting a chance to go play for his hometown team and uh, and continue his career for obviously he's still a younger guy but you know four year deal for a fourth line guy is probably pretty uh you know he's probably pretty happy about that and maybe he doesn't play fourth line over there maybe he plays third or who knows it, it all depends on what's available on that team and what their needs are so you know shout out Sean Corrali um you know we're definitely going to miss him on this team i think we have you know we've picked up some good players that can slot in there and and do the job and hopefully do the job well um but you know he was a big part of, of our team for the last few years so it'll be strange not seeing him out there but times change and you got to address the needs that you have and hopefully what we did yesterday uh you know did that <laughs> so i think so I, I i guess i'll start with with what we did to potentially fill that role down on the fourth line where we picked up a um a couple of players actually that I think could go onto that line. Um, we got Tom, Tom uh, Thomas Nosek, who's a forward. We signed him for two years, 3.5 mil. So 1.75 per, I think that's a pretty good deal because this guy's a, you know, he's a, he's a tougher, bigger guy. Uh, and he is, is known to kind of be a grinder and, and, and actually supposed to be like kind of a sneaky good pick as far as, um, he can score and he can set up plays and actually do, you know, actually make plays. Uh, we also got Eric Hula or, or uh, yeah, he's another forward. I think, I believe he came from, from Nashville and people are pretty psyched about him. They say that he's extremely fast, which I wasn't really aware of. And, uh, kind of excited to see how that works out because obviously speed is a big part of the game these days. And, if they put him down there on that third line, potentially, I think that could be something that would work well with with Coil and you know obviously having players that can speed up and down the ice is is great. So, so we've covered uh, Hala and that Nosek was first, right? Yeah. All right. So we got these dudes at uh, so Hala's around a little about two and a quarter or two two and a half. Yeah. And then yep. uh, Nosek, uh, about one seven five once or exactly one seventy five per year. Yeah, per and year for two years. two years too. So like you know, relatively safe shots at it. Like I I would say these are I I think I equivalent in in both leagues that we cover. 
the two-year contract as the, the fair assessment contract. You know, we're not convinced I, on you, but we, we got a good feeling. Obviously, we're throwing some, you know, th- th- this is decent money, I think, for these guys, you know. I love it. Yeah. I love two-year sure th- deals. I, mean, I love two-year deals, but I'm sure they're happy with the money, you know. We didn't get them on a steal. Like, this is kind of what they wanted. It's a trial period. Sure. I, I like them so far. I mean, it, it it's definitely players that have the potential to be very good and have the potential to help this team out a lot. And we're not now. married to them. That's the point. And we're not. Yeah. No, we're, and we're not. So that we'll, we're going to circle back and talk about that shortly because we are going to talk about the other additions. And then I have, you know, certain um, question marks and certain concerns as well with the roster as, as it currently stands. So we did add a big a big name around the league in uh in Nick Felino another two coming year. off of another, another two, two year, year that's getting his money he's getting almost yep. 4 million per but that's a good deal for this player yeah i agree this is the guy i was talking about i love nick felino former captain oh former captain of of the blue jackets is appara- is reportedly and- fine with taylor hall wearing 71 right going to have all 71 shuffle the one thing that was great about this signing yesterday was how mad it made Leafs fans. Because they they traded a first-round pick for him last year, and then they lost in the first round. He got injured. So everybody on Twitter's like, oh, he got injured. You would think that he had unfinished business. We wasted a first-round pick on him. He should have came back here. And now he goes to Boston. What a traitor. It's like, Andrew, counter counterpoint? <laughs> okay. Toronto's trash. What? And he saw that, and he didn't want to deal with them anymore. <laughs> and he saw and exactly. he a team that might be a big-time cup contender, especially with his name in the fucking hat. Absolutely. Let's go. Um, th- and so now, just to bring up to everyone else, I think it was Pete Blackburn. I hope I'm attributing this properly. Big-time hockey guy on Twitter. Also, closeted but not so closeted Bru- uh, Bruins fan. The the Maple Leafs, Taylor Hall, or Nick Foligno. We can get <laughs> one of them. Which one do we get? The Bruins, Taylor Hall, and Nick Foligno, baby. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! It's not one or the other. It's both. Oh man. I'm so hyped. I, I can't wait to see what these lines are like. I can't wait to have well, okay, a team okay. that scrambles hold, lines and I don't shit hold my pants. Up. All right, sorry. I'm too excited. Maybe, hold right, okay, the right, phone You're right. Here. You're the guy. You're the guru. I'll follow. Here's the all thing, right, though. Right. This is why I wanted to circle back. We have talked about all of the forwards that the Bruins have picked up so far. Yes. Now, we have cap issues and we have personnel issues. So think about it this way. You have Coil. Um, Felino, and then this other guy, um, to play on the third line, and then you have on the fourth line, you have Trent Frederick, you have Curtis Lazar, and then you have Thomas Nosek. So where does that leave Wagner? Where does that leave Jake DeBrusque? You know, like this is this is the issues that we're gonna have here. And, and one the more only name thing that I can <coughs> that I missed. Yeah. David Krejci. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing is I, this, we don't know. That's, that's up like, in the air as well. This seems like Krejci will not be playing in the NHL next season. 
Well, I know so that, that his position hasn't necessarily been filled, but this seems like kind of has and it kind of can be. So the only way to re-sign him is if you trade away other contracts. Well, Andrew, we talked about this when my dumbass didn't realize that we saved DeBrusque in the in the uh, expansion draft. I think you're right. I think you're right with what you said last week. I think that's. I think he is being shopped. I think the phone is being picked up on him. I think we were done after last season giving him a shot. I don't think we're upset to be stuck with him. He'll be fine. But I still think you'll see healthy scratches of him occasionally. DeBrusque is on his way I, out. I just, I, dude, I'm with you on with Wagner. Wagner's a difficult situation with that. I don't know Nosek enough to know that he deserves to be on there more than Wagner. I trust your knowledge that that's more like that's likely a thing. Well, but Wagner's it, it, not going to be anywhere but the fourth line, and I like that fourth line you're saying, especially if you're saying. But maybe Nosek that's not necessarily. Maybe that's not necessarily true. Maybe that maybe they sit Frederick or use him as that extra forward instead. Because they see Wagner as an established NHL player, and they don't know what to do with with um, Frederick. Hey, listen, and we've seen, you know, we've I, seen Frederick set when we didn't believe in it before. Who's not? Yeah, right. So we are going to get into a, a conspiracy theory also after I finish talking about the acquisitions oh, here. Fuck. So go. buckle up for All that right. one. Uh, we also picked up Derek Forbert. Who is a defenseman? Yes, big guy, big contract. I believe too. he's bigger, uh, bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah, the ones we've talked about. So three years, three, three years, years nine, nine mil. mil. He's getting Craig yep. Smith money at defense. That to me is significant, in my opinion. I know it's less players, so, but still, he's a left shot defenseman, which we've been needing. He's right. not necessarily our end all, be all. You know, he's not the answer to all of our prayers and our questions on the left side because he's not supposed to be really a top pairing or second pairing defenseman but this guy is 6'4 220 I mean that that's the size that you need right now you need that big guy to be out there and and kind of I mean you have that with Carlo a bit too but you know it doesn't hurt to have these bigger guys that can hopefully bang the body around and and really beat play a big Roll out there, whether that's on the PK, oh. whether that's just in general. Also, in me, in um, me thinking this was six guys, this is why we should re, we should mention we've resigned Riley. Um, yes, and I, I'm a big fan of that um, personally. Me as well. I I was very hopeful that he was going to stay here, and I think that there's a lot of questions going into training camp here on who's going to make the roster and who's not because you have Clifton and you have Riley and you have this new guy and you know there's a lot of people that that could be yeah. on the roster, yeah. but where do they fit? And you know what? That's just kind of, to me, that's just to reference last week's episode, alleviating a bit of the Lausanne woes. We're, we're wondering who's going to be the defenseman on any given night. That's a, you know, seems seems like a decent place to be in. Yeah. Especially, obviously, that, that came through this signing of Derek, but I'm excited. Especially because he's left-handed, let's go. Like, we're it Sweeney is fits on one right now, and we haven't even right. mentioned the biggest signing yet. Just in, again, in terms of contract and money per year, um, as you're going to <sighs> this, get into th- this one. 
is hard for me to unpack here because I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some opinions on it. I'm gonna need to hear what you think. But the last signing that we did yesterday was a a, a goaltender. Yes. And Linus Olmark from Buffalo for five for four years at five mil per thirty million dollars. Now, a lot of stuff to to question here. Twenty. Twenty, 20, 20 million dollars. What I said. Yeah, 20. Sorry. Um, either way, when I heard shit, that... Shit, on the, I, I, shitload of money is really the point. <laughs> right. And the whole thing is, he's gonna he's your new number one in the time that Tuca is out, assuming that he does... You know, when Tuca... If he comes back, he would take over the number one spot. You know, it'd be what it is. But Tuca's not going to play for four more years anyway. But my question is, what's the deal with Swayman now? And, and yes, it's going to be this. It's going to be Allmark and Swayman as the backup. As it has to be. But do you really think that Swayman is four years away from being ready? Because I don't. And if Swayman ends up being ready before then, what do you do? Because this guy, you're not going to have a five million dollar bench warmer. It's just not going to happen. I always thought or a backup. I always thought Tuka Rask was ready in 2011 when Tom uh, Tim Thomas did it, and I still think to this day, and I fully believe that he would be. I think the Bruins are notorious for not ushering out their goaltender who works when they have a guy on deck who can make it work. I do think that some of those positions Tuka Rask was put in because of injuries to Tim Thomas. I worry about the Bruins and their ability to just take a shot on young guys. And I think that's an issue that we're seeing here because, in my opinion, Swayman is ready to go now. I think I think if there was some travesty where he had to play down the stretch, I think we'd get equally as far in the playoffs, even if he had to start from midseason last year. Maybe we're even better. Maybe we get that first seed. I, Look, I, I, gotta I, give, I think he uh, – listen, Tuka, Tuka's phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not saying Tuka's the problem, but – the the um, the amount of effort it is seeming that is seemingly being put into looking away from Swayman makes me wonder what is his problem? Is he immature in the locker room? It just feels like we're missing something, Andrew. It doesn't. It Here's feels like thing. we don't have all the information because he is a stud. I have to give Sweeney some credit here because this has to be an extremely tough decision to make. And what I mean by that specifically is... Is it or is it short-sighted? Listen, this is this is my thought process is that I, I'm a big... I'm going to say it right now. We are big Swayman fans here. We are, yes. we are all we have, aboard the Sway train. established that, yeah. But it is very clear that Sweeney is trying to go all in for the cup within the next year or two years because Bergeron's on his way out, all of that, okay. all of the things we've talked about then, in the past. fine. Then I but, will make it. Oh, sorry. I, I'll let you finish. I think that the he had the tough decision to make of, do you risk a rookie goaltender that you've only seen play, let's say 10, I'll, I'll say 15 games just to be safe to potentially win you the cup and do all of this stuff when you don't know? Or do you go with a guy who is established, who has a good save percentage, and you know what you're getting with him for the this this cup run that they're going on? Like, now is not the time to take a risk 
on a goaltender that could potentially, which I don't think it would happen, but I don't know, could potentially not be good. So it's a hard decision to make if you're trying to. No, it's not. I think I, I think, think it is. I think in pointing that out, you're 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 actually speaking me onto that side. But I will say I have a different perspective on it, which is I think he's having his cake and eating it too, which is it also seems a little bit Krejci-esque. Like I think Krejci again, I've already brought this up that Krejci is not coming back, and unless there's big trades, obviously. But with Tuca, with this signing, this seems like Tuca's not coming back, and if he is. Then you have an over positive. They have again. We haven't mentioned this yet, and I talked a, sh- a bunch of shit on him last episode. Traded Vladar, great. I th- I would have traded him for a fresh like a fresh wash of laundry, but we got some picks wow. out of it. <laughs> we are we are on the opposite side of that right there. But go on. <laughs> this is our Marcus Smart of the Bruins. Um, <laughs> so I think with this signing. I think it's I think there's more of a likelihood that Tuca isn't coming back and in there there's also a clause in this but Swayman is still the idea but this guy is here. I don't think the 5 million guarantees him a start or at least hope it doesn't. I hope that Swayman is able to take that seat no matter what. If he plays better, I don't want contract cost to outweigh value of play, and I just fully believe Swayman will be the better player, and he will still earn that spot if he's given that opportunity. This always now. This always on Tuca, and that's why I'm saying this is smart. This is the smart play because you're right in highlighting what we talk about on this podcast all the time, which is that this is Patrice Bergeron's home stretch. We need to win a cup. This is a smart way to do it because Swayman isn't going anywhere and making a big investment in goaltending and believing in this guy, which, again, that's that's what's up for debate here. But be- assuming this guy will be good with a better defense in front of him, I, I think it's safe. And as long if Swayman is the better goaltender, I hope he's able to take the job. And if he's not, I think this is a smart thing to do. Do you want to get into the conspiracy theory now? You're you, driving you with that mentally, in that regard, so let's go. Are you mentally prepared for I, this? I, honestly, I think definitely not, but I'm not going to be, so let's go. <laughs> okay. So, over the last few days, there have been photos that have come out of Jack Eichel practicing in Boston at Warrior Ice Arena with Brad Marchand, with Tory Krug, with a handful of other Bruins and former Bruins that all – live in Boston and come back here and do all of that in the summertime. Okay. Now, the conspiracy theory here is that David Krejci is on the fence about coming back, but also has made a decision on whether he's going to come back or not. That decision is based on whether or not the Bruins get Jack Eichel. Now, is that the way I the, think it is, which is yes, and he's back, and no, he's not, or yes, he's not, and no, he is? So, I think the reason that they haven't signed, 
I'm talking conspiracy here. I don't I don't actually think this. That's fine. I'm just I'm just that, trying to hash out the parameters of the conspiracy. Right. Is that, that the reason that they haven't signed David Krejci is because he's waiting to see if they sign Jack Eichel. If they do, he goes to check. If they don't, he comes back to Boston and plays second line center. So the way that it that they get it done is they would have to trade away Jake DeBrusque. They'd have to trade away probably Jack Stadnika. Are we fine with that? They're, Are we both fine with that, or is it just me? What? Trading Jake DeBrusque away. Oh, I'm fine with that part. But I'm not fine with trading Stadnika plus probably Swayman and plus probably seven first-round picks for the next seven years. For Eichel? Um, for Eichel. Oh, no. Not seven. I'm being I'm being dramatic, but you know, Wait, two or three. So this would have to be a hypothetical trade. Yeah, because yeah, he's out. he's under contract. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. But I'm just saying this this is what the 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 crazy <laughs> Bruins fans are saying or what they expect to happen, and this is the reason that that David Krejci hasn't been re-signed or they haven't decided to re-sign him. Because they're working on a deal with Eichel, and if it falls through, then they'll re-sign Krejci. And if it goes through, then they won't re-sign Krejci. Fantasyland. I'm not getting rid of Swayman first. <laughs> and then, uh, okay. Who else did you say? So, people say DeBrusque, Studnika, Swayman, and... No. And, and two first-round picks. And Buffalo retains no salary. De, DeBrusque and two first-round picks for Eichel? Fine. Down. Well, yeah, of course. I'd add the, but I'd, add, I'd add a painful one to that. I don't know. Who would it be? It would have Richie? to be a, a roster player because you, you don't have money. I'd add Richie. He's a free agent. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd add... Uh, I'd, they only want they're in rebuild. They just want players that are gonna be good in the future. They don't they don't want a, an established player. Hmm. They want prospects that are that are very promising. It ain't gonna happen. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. I just thought it was a funny conspiracy and it's not gonna happen. And people are like, He's he's skating in Boston with Marsham. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's from he here. Lives he there. lives here. And he's boys with them. His family is here. Guess what? If he's <laughs> yeah. a free agent someday, maybe if it works. It won't. It's just not going to happen. That's, well, okay, that's the second conspiracy. In two years when his contract is up and Bergeron and all of those guys are kind of singing their their final move. song. Yes, I think that's a smart move. I think that's a move that makes him. And you have money in two yeah, years. I think that's a very, very, very smart move. Do I think... I'll be impressed with Sweeney or whoever the hell is driving at that point if they pull that off. If you replace Patrice Bergeron with a free agent Jack Eichel, I think that's beautiful. I don't know. And man. it's the it, it's, it's not out of the question unless Eichel, he signs an extension. It's Eichel, Pasternak, and maybe Hall. Is that good? I gotta Google it, but I think so. <laughs> I think it's good. I gotta Google. Well, it. we could talk. We could talk conspiracies all night. We should but do a conspiracy overall, episode. That's another one we should do. We I should. Mean, it's not going to be soon because things are about to happen, man. Hopefully, the Celtics get involved. I'd just be interested to see, even if it's just moving people. They're not gonna. Oh my God! We just got a. <laughs> we just got a uh, 
<laughs> not that we covered this team, a Red Sox update. Oh? Red Sox have acquired, acquired Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals. Oh, not who we wanted originally, but... Right now, right in this moment. That has just happened. Obviously, you're listening tomorrow, but... Yeah. So, can you can you give me a grade so far on the Bruins offseason acquisitions a and and getting rid a. of a a minus okay if you're lowballing it's a high a minus a i see i would say b b minus only because we haven't solidified that second line center spot because if they see, don't re-sign okay, david Krejci, fine. right now technically that hasn't happened i think they're gonna have an answer for that that we're gonna be impressed with I think it's going to be an A. But if I think if they don't re-sign plus, him, if they re-sign okay. him A plus, if they don't re-sign him, I think they still get an A. Those everything's everything's oh. top to bottom is mm. better. I don't know. What's man. the third line? The third line is Felino, Coil, and I mean, we're thinking who? Uh, I don't even it's know. The right now. Say his name. Mm, I don't know. He's second line for you. No, I think that he's. I think he's the odd man out. All right, so I what's just don't the know how you pay line? a guy three three point five million. Ta- well, Taylor Hall, hypothetical center, and then and uh, Craig Smith. And Craig Smith. Yeah, I like Coyle up there. I don't mind that. I just, if you don't re-sign Krejci, you are, you are back to missing a major piece in order to be a, a favorite to win the cup. Even with the better wingers, you think that? Yes. Okay. Even with the better wingers. Right. Because I, I only think I think that Taylor Hall plays better because of David Krejci. So if if you if you slot Coyle up there, I don't think that his production goes up as much as it did with Krejci and Craig Smith. Um I don't think that Craig Smith's production goes up as much as it did without Krejci as well. So I think that it all boils down to that, and I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out and how that happens. Um, and I really hope they get it done somehow uh, because they need to, and I hope that he makes the decision to stay. I understand if he wants to go play home and in, in check, but you know, let's get that cup this year and let's he let's can do call, that it, next year. call it a day. We can do that next year. Exactly. We're fine. Yager um, will keep the seat warm for you. Brush is is odd man out. Get him out. Okay. I'll work on it. Andrew, get him out. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's going to be an interesting rest of the offseason. I can't wait for the season to start. We're going to have plenty of stuff going on in between um, and more news all the time. Big, uh, big, re- big, big uh, soon update. You'll be here. Yes, that's the other thing. Is next week I'll be I'll be out there. So we'll be we'll recording. record one more before you leave, right? And then yes, okay, got it. But we will be recording an in person episode with, uh, hopefully, with with some pals and and have plenty of stuff to talk about. And then. we're and that, going to the MLB's. One. Battle of L.A. Yeah, you know it, folks. <laughs> the Angels are visiting the Dodgers, and we're going. 
What a rivalry. What a rivalry. Yeah, let's Otani go. Tani and Trout versus Mookie Betts and our tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for you to be out here. I'm also stoked to talk next week because, holy shit, just seems like a lot of stuff's about to happen. I know. Can't wait. Me neither. I hope that we have more answers to all of our burning questions next week on Balcony Chatter Friday. <laughs> Some more enthused, please. It's like a soap opera. That's what it's starting to feel like at this point. It, dude, it is, especially with the Westbrook thing. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the soap opera Game of Thrones. It's like there's trouble on the Western Front. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. Well. We'll have updates next week. More more stuff to come. I hope that we have David Krejci locked up, second line center, or Jack Eichel. Dun dun dun. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyways, more to come next week. Bruins, Celtics, all that draft will be done. We'll have plenty of stuff updates from that. Maybe more Olympics updates. Who knows? We might not want to talk about it, <laughs> but we'll see. Oh, I don't know. Olympics ends so fast. It's like skateboarding happened. It's like, when? Oh, I saw some yeah. of that. That's it? I'm used to the X Games. Three days. It was an hour. Oh, man. Um, Swayman forever. Swayman forever. We're on the sway train, baby. Marcus Smart forever. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Uh, no, I'm cutting it there. Marcus Smart, yeah, okay, fine. Not We can have him, just not forever, okay? We'll talk about it later. Um, let's see what President Brad does, dude. I'm curious. Who's he going to sign? I don't want... Oh, <laughs> not that we're going to dive into it now. I don't want Miles Turner. I still don't. Shout out Miles Turner. <laughs> don't want you. Was